Welcome to Courageous Conversation with Teresa W. Gamble, powered by Concierge Resource Professional Consultant. Courageous Conversation is a diversity, equality, exclusive initiative. It's a gracious space for a meaningful discussion about cultural, life, business, work, learn, live, worship, and play. It's an audio psychopedia to design, bridges, cultures, and generational gaps. Through active listening and action-oriental changes toward liberation for all. Greetings, this is your host, Teresa W. Gamble of Courageous Conversations. We're kicking off our podcast series on our Facebook page. We want you to make sure you follow and subscribe so you can actually get a backstage pass to our recording of our podcast series with Kimberly L. Manning, the Transformational Wealth Strategist. And this series is about Black Business Succession Planning. If you don't know what that is, let's listen in. Welcome, Kim. Thank you for having me, ma'am. Thank you for having me. Always, always. I mean, those nuggets from the radio show was something else. I wanted to keep going. So I, from you, it inspired this podcast series so we can give some more relevant details in a more um, intimate way besides waiting mm-hmm. for the show to come. So we want to have a conversation. So help, help the listeners understand what is succession planning? Succession planning is nothing more than a way to ensure your business continues beyond retirement or death. Um, Let me back up. I was doing some research for this call because I love doing research. And what I did not realize in the midst of the pandemic, we lost 42% of black businesses. And that made me realize not only do we need to talk succession planning, but we need to talk about how can we start creating our own wealth, because it was quite obvious throughout the um, pandemic and prior to there was a different level of conversation and accountability for what Black businesses were supposed to do, to not only to start, but to maintain their, their mere existence. So even before we think about uh, succession planning, some of the things that kind of like stuck out when I was doing some research, not just in terms of succession planning, but just the number of times our dollars are moved in our community. Um, One research showed that an Asian business or in the Asian community, the dollar turns over 28 times, 28 for 28 days. Wow. The Jewish community, the dollar moves um, for 19 days. And the uh, Hispanic community, they're looking at seven days. The traditional Anglo-Saxon white business, they're at 17 days. And my question is, we can't really talk succession until we realize the value of our dollar just being circulated within our community. If every opportunity we get, our dollars are not being spent with our own businesses, it makes us very, very difficult for us to even exist, let alone create succession. So my hope is, as we talk about this during National uh, Black Business Month, that we'll be more mindful of not only um, our spending power, but make sure we go spend some of our money with a Black business to ensure that they have a basic need, a basic ability to create a succession plan. When I looked at the research, um, the average Black business owner makes about $24,000. Wow. When we look at our spending power as a community, that 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 should make us all grab our pearls and, and run in shame to think that we have our, our um, 
intellectual property being minimized to the point that we don't even realize the genius in our, our people that look like us, that every chance we get, we're in Hispanic, so we're in, we're in every, every other business but our own business. Um, kind of disheartening, but it also took me back to us valuing us as Black people if we don't see Black doctors, if we don't see Black insurance agents, if we don't see Black therapists, that we only assume that other folks' ice is colder. So as we look at this um, whole dynamic in terms of the disparity of wealth and where we are as a community, um, yeah, we definitely have to understand the value of succession planning, but those are some things that kind of like struck a core um, with me when we talk about succession planning. We need to make sure we're supporting our Black business. And yes, this is National Black Business Month, but beyond this, we still need to have that same level of commitment because we have Black brilliance and Black excellence in everything we touch, from medical field to sports to technology and everything else. It's just a matter of us not waiting for PP loans and everything else. Go support a Black business, not just because it's National Black Business Month, because we want to see more people that look like us that have third and fourth generational businesses. Every other culture does it. We need to realize that in order for us to really talk succession planning, we need to make a conscious effort of spending our dollars with people that look like us as that's much a, as possible, as much as possible. A, that's amazing, Kim. And, and I'm, it's, it's ironic that you brought that up about recycling the dollar. And a lot of times it's not that we don't have the businesses in our community. It's who a lot of times we have to um, collaborate or to solicit investors of other cultures. Mm-hmm. to um, want to have what you say, administrative control of the brilliance within the mm-hmm. Black community. But where we have to be more responsible is how we're spending our money. Absolutely. How we're Absolutely. spending it. So now that you did the statistics and know that um, the African-American community need to do more in recycling the dollar in the community and with the gerrymandering that's taking place and we just lost 42% of the black businesses during the pandemic, what, how would succession planning help businesses now who either we lost in during the pandemic, who's trying to come back or mm-hmm. who has just totally gave up and moved from being a CEO going back to an employee? Well, I think that's a very um, valid question. Succession planning may not help them per se at this point if you're back in corporate America, unless you're using corporate America to find your dream, to come back into being an entrepreneur, which, which I have several friends who've had to do that because they still have a you know, mortgage and other expenses. But my hope is now that we understand the need to spend for our own, that for those that have weathered the storm, I would say, look at your exit strategy. Do you have a succession plan written um, in place? And even if you're not a business owner, take out the word succession plan and just say your life plan. Because if you're if you're listening, I don't want you to think this call this conversation isn't applicable to you. Call a succession plan and as a business owner, as an individual, call it my life plan. So as a business owner, what I, what I would like us to really think about is um, beyond business. What does our retirement look like? God forbid we get sick um, and can't work to run our business. What do we have in place to ensure 
because I tell people every sickness is not the death. Um, and even if you only need that temporary gap where you have someone to run your business, you know, or maintain, you know, your, your infrastructure while you're out, what do you have systematically in place? Do you have your, your disability insurance? Do you have your long-term care insurance in place? Do you have a written and, and, and executable extra strategy, meaning your succession plan, God forbid something happened to you um, at your demise. Is your business um, going to be able to be maintained by your family? Is it positioned to sell? Um, and if it's going to be like if you're part of a group, if your skill set has to be removed, whether sickness or death, um, do you have something in place for your organization where they can hire someone and still maintain your salary? And I think these are some of the questions that as small business, we're so busy on the grind. Yeah. We don't always look at what the next decade looks like or the next emergency beyond this. I think right now is a great time to be a black business owner because there's more money going into the black business structure by bigger companies. Right. So if you're positioned right, have your stuff, um, your LLC, C Corp and all of those things in place, look at how you can get other streams of income to sustain your business. So when it does, when it, when it is time to sit down, not only do you have the business plan, but you have a documented plan for what your succession looks like. You know, if it's a family business, can my children take over the business? Do my family even want to take over the business? Um, and I think these are conversations that we should be having while we're alive and well and happy and healthy to know that if I worked 10 years to run this business at my demise or the first sickness that comes along, um, is my business folding? That's a good question. That's a very good question. Things to think of. Now you mentioned um, having a succession plan uh, written outline. What what are the components does an individual need to consider, or are there experts to help someone prepare a succession plan? I think they're experts, but if you have a really good uh, life insurance agent, you will want to sit down because usually it's a life insurance policy that will back the succession plan. So even if you have an attorney, an attorney can't fund it, just like a trust. I tell my, my clients, if you have a business, have a trust, have your succession plan and everything legalized and documented. Because what, we, what we don't want to do is have our, our children having the same conversation in 20 or 30 years, because I say when you know better, you can do better. So at this point, um, we can no longer say nobody's ever taught me about succession planning. I don't understand what that should look like. In a basic succession plan, you want to know if you're no longer part of the business, how does the business run? How's the business funded? Who's in line to take over your business? I have a couple of clients that are funeral home owners. Um, unbeknownst to me, the, the parents own the business, but until the kids get the proper credentials to run a, you know, the funeral home, it's off or not. So in one case, the, the man owns uh, two locations. They own the brick and mortar. You know what I mean? But that doesn't sustain the business. So we need to have real deep conversations in terms of what's the plan of the business. When we start with our business plan, are we creating a business to be um, part of your retirement strategy? And once you retire, is it is it in a position to be sold? Um, what does that look like? Consider having your business evaluated to even know the value of your business. You know, some of us are sitting on major opportunities where we may want to go into franchise are these conversations we're having, you know, what, what's next level for our business beyond us, or even as we run the business, what's next level for our brand. That's good. So you said about the business valuation. So what steps does a person have to do as a part of a succession plan? You said they need to have the insurance along with the insurance agent and an attorney. Um, those are two things that a business should have, an uh, mm -hmm. insurance agent 
and an attorney to handle a lot of these legal affairs. So what does the business valuation look like? How would they determine it or who will help them determine their business value? Your CPA can help you with determining your business valuation. That should be your first line of defense. So I, I told everybody, even though you may be a small business under six figures or whatever, don't just plan for where you are. Plan for where I'm going, where I need to be, and start thinking about, um, is this going to be a, a business to be sold? Um, and if so, start talking to your accountant about what, what realistically looks like your number and what are you projected to do and how you're planning to grow over five years, 10 years or whatever. I think the beauty, um, even in the midst of this pandemic, unfortunately, we did lose a lot of people. But my thought is for those businesses that have survived, they're doing more collaborations. They're looking at more contracts. Um, city, state, federal governments are looking at more bringing in, you know, uh, Black business, Black-owned business, is just a matter of knowing what your plan is beyond today. That's you know, and I think I think a lot of times, um, me included, as small businesses, you're so consumed with the next bill, the next this, the next client, that we're not forecasting 10 or 20 years down the road, or we're not having a real conversation. I, I have a cousin, um, he was a developer, and one son was like, no matter what, I don't want to work my father. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Never thinking about all the skill set and all the energy that his father put into him to make sure he was educated. He's only going to create a generational legacy for another family as opposed to our own. So as we talk to our kids and our kids see our struggle, um, yeah, they have that same problem in the Asian community. A lot of people, uh, quite a few of my friends are saying, oh, we're not going into these stores. We don't want to do that. That's fine. But they've already created legacy wealth in other areas. So if you know that your kids are like, I don't want to do A, B, C, and D, then that's fine. But know what the pivot point is where you can say, at age 62, I already have enough money accumulated through my you know, retirement savings or whatever, whatever, that this business can close or fold or be sold or whatever. Because I, I think a lot of times in talking to my clients that are business owners, it's more of an emotional attachment. I put sweat equity and I did this and I did that. They don't know. Let's have a good conversation and know that. At 65, this business is worth X amount of dollars and it can be sold. It'll part, you know, help fund my retirement, what my demise, um, you know, I already have key person insurance. That's another thing that goes along with your succession plan. Your key person insurance, if you're the owner, you're the intellectual uh, or the visionary of the company, if something happens, so you need to have a key person insurance when you outside of your regular family life insurance. That way your family can be bought out, you know, or, or make moves without feeling overwhelmed. If something happened to dad, we can hire somebody at dad's skill set and know that the company can run, continue to run. And I have to worry about this. So even if it's like one person and maybe a, an executive, so you may want key person insurance on two people in a company that have the greatest impact or skill set. That's part of your succession plan. That's good, Kim. That's real good. I heard you mention um, key man insurance a while back, so I'm glad you elaborated on that. And all these investments are, they come with a cost, but it's a good investment because you, you can't wait to do this in the now. You have to have this in advance. So how far in advance with the key man insurance, the life insurance, <clears throat> the attorneys, the CPAs, um, business ownership, um, work on getting those things that they don't presently have those um, experts in their arsenal? I don't think there's really a time. I say sooner than later, especially when it comes to insurance, because God forbid your health changes, you may no longer be insurable. So I have some of my clients, um, they may be on a small budget, 
but I tell them, get a term policy um, while your health is good. No, it may not create uh, supplemental tax-free retirement strategies, but nowadays, a lot of policies have your chronic critical illness. You can get, like I did a young lady, uh, she has a salon. She didn't have, she's just trying to pivot beyond the pandemic, as I call it. So she got like a $250,000 policy for like $55, you know? So anything happened to her, her family can come in, run the business, do whatever they need to do. And, you know, she's still covered. She can always convert that over and do what she needs to do. But I think as soon as you start out with the business, you should think with the end in mind. You may not be able to financially put all the pieces to the puzzle together, but look at what your vision is for this business in the next 20 years. Talk to your kids. Of course, their position may change, but at least you can say in my mind, I don't want to build this as just Kimberly Manning's and Associates because nobody may want to buy it. But you may also say, well, I'll go with a larger, you know, a different type of name and LLC because my plan is to sell it. That's I've true. heard that before um, at a conference years ago, a man said, and I mean, the six to one and a half a dozen, the other, because you figure like JP Morgan and all these other companies started with someone's name. So I'm not going to say do or don't, but just know what your end goal is in mind. Right. You, you may think uh, this might be just a, you know, a small company and, you know, I'll run it for five years. You may come into a contract with the government or whatever. They may give you 2.5 million, but that doesn't mean that 2.5 million with your name may serve so-and-so 10 or 15 years down the road. Right. So sometimes that's, that's important to just think, you know, not just, oh, I'm, I'm ABC company, but is this an ABC empire or is it just something to sustain me during my lifetime? That's good. That's real good to know. So my next question is for you, Kim, and um, you kind of triggered um, some questions in my head. Um, just listening with the succession planning, the um, business plan. So how do you know about all these insurance policies? Well, I'm all, you know, I hate to make a ratio, but let's keep it 100, as we often do. Um, as I tell folk, you got to go where the other people are sometimes to learn how they're creating generational wealth. Because if we're not at the table, we don't know what you're talking about. Yep. You know, so a lot of times I hate to say it, I'm the only one in the room, but I put myself in the room because I want to know what other people are doing. And then I can come back and educate, you know, other folk to say, hey, this is really what's going on. Yeah, we, we, we all know, you know, there's disparities from the healthcare and this, this and that. At some point, we have to start relying on other people to change our situations and learn their system and bring it back, teach us and, and, and be wise enough to execute because a lot of time it's not what you just hear in the media that's making a difference. It's a whole different conversation in different rooms. So we have to realize, um, like I tell people, Susie Orman is wonderful. Um, Dave Ramsey is wonderful, but that's not the only way to create wealth. You know what I mean? That whole buy term investor difference hasn't always served us. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I think that we as a people need to start learning more about is just, yeah, we need to have succession planning. We need to have more conversation around that. But um, as I learn more, I tell people, do your own research and stop leveraging your personal name and your personal credit. Mm -hmm. Learn the value of utilizing business credit. So that is part of my goal for September. Um, I have a friend that's been doing it for years. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I see why she's been able to make larger pivots because she uses, she's been using uh, business credit for the last 20 years. Where we're being denied because our personal credit isn't strong, but I've known situations where other folk will close one company and create another company 
using business credit. And like in our community, a lot of times we're using our personal credit. So when we don't win at the level we want, we're more prone to lose everything. Yeah, that's true. You know, because we, we're only doing everything based on, oh, my credit score is 600. Well, I want you to be a 670. So no, no, you don't qualify for this. No, you don't. So before you know it, you're leveraging your home. You don't even have to worry about succession planning because you're too busy trying to save your house and your lifestyle. Wow. You know, so it's just a matter of knowing better. Okay, I agree. I totally agree. Education truly matters in every aspect. So with this um, building business credit, is that something as a financial strategist that you are? Is that something that you offer? Because I already know that you have the insurance background. You talk the insurance lingo. So I know you're a licensed insurance agent. Mm -hmm. I know your main focus because of um, death and um, 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 divorce you know, your your goal is to want a strategic, not just Black-owned businesses, but the Black community or people of color, how to borrow for themselves. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned this business credit. What are you working on or what are you getting ready to introduce to help um, Black business owners with building that business credit? I'm actually, it's funny you say that. I'm actually in the process of partnering with someone to start teaching a mini workshop on business credit. Because I feel like for us too often, we're denied at a higher rate. And when we approve, we pay a higher interest rate. So until we understand fully how to leverage it, um, and the company I'm partnering with, that's what they do. Um, I really think that's going to be a game changer. You know, I, I hear so many people say, keep your credit score 675, keep your credit score 700. Other folks ain't dealing with all that. And we need to stop, we need to stop playing ourselves thinking that they're playing with the same deck that we're playing with time and time again we've shown there's so many disparities in every situation we were at a car well i was at a conference in dc um this past weekend and it was a, a a black lady who was a physicist and she does research and we were talking about how slow and this is a small example how slow the um water comes out when you put your hand against the um you know the magnetic strip in the bathroom in the ladies room uh-huh. this lady showed us research has shown that this side of your hand, the, the white side, the the um, tools that was created to, to gauge it was created for a, a white person. Wow. I never even heard anything like that. And and we were laughing like, even in ways we don't even know, we'll be dis- we're discriminated against. Yeah. So of course, what did we do? Everybody puts the, the white side up and the dark side up. Mm-hmm. And we're like, wow. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like, even in the smallest areas of our lives, there's a disparity. So we need to realize that we need to get in the game and play to win. If the pandemic didn't teach us anything, it's time to collaborate. It's time to stop running your business like a mom pie shop and thinking you're going to create a seven-figure empire when we're not even positioned, not only from an economic standpoint, but just knowledge to create real generational. And that's why it's so, it's so important to me to make sure we understand that um, there's some things that stacked against us, but when, when we know better, we truly can do better. That's good, Kim. I'm glad you brought up the word knowledge because that's something I have been trying to push personally. It's not that to belittle or our community, but to empower them through education, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. when we don't know, then we don't know how to respond. But when mm-hmm. we do know, like you said, realizing that the cards or the deck that's stacked up against us which um helps you to understand 
how we need to pivot and why our ancestors used black holes of was cold switching so we can be able to get in those rooms to do those mm-hmm. things. So with this um, pro, um, workshop that you're going to be partnering with this company next month, is there something or a way, how will the listeners or the viewers um, be able to leverage this business credit workshop that you're getting ready to participate in in September? Well, it's definitely going to open up um, more opportunities and it walks you through systematically what you need to do to start building up your business credit and understanding the Duns and Bradstreet number and all those different things. Because a lot of times, if you don't understand, you'll constantly be in a deficit. So my hope is that we pivot and realize it's okay because we didn't know. So now that we do know better, the, the objective is to make sure that we can start closing the gap in terms of how our dollars circulated, how we support our business. And, and, and the worst thing, and this is off culture, but I have to say the, the worst thing and the most annoying thing on Facebook and social media is to see where Black people will discredit Black businesses. Mm. And my whole thing is if we only knew the plight of most Black business owners, when we right. say, oh, while well, the food took an extra few minutes or such and such ran out, we, we really need to be a little bit more compassionate toward each other, especially in the business realm. We will go and sit with uh, Joe and Jim's restaurant and be mistreated and neglected, but we'll go right back. But whenever it's us, we hold each other to a higher standard. And and my, my hope is we'll realize at the end of the day, Black businesses are usually underfunded, overworked, um, any negative connotation you can put with them, we've experienced as a Black business, just to maintain, have the fortitude to still survive beyond the pandemic. Give us a little leeway and say, I don't know what they're going through, but I'm sure some things have not lined up the way it should. I'm not saying that we should accept mediocrity, but all I can say is give us a little leeway, especially right now during the pandemic. I mean, you can go on to this, to, to Jim's place and Jim may not have your favorite whatever, but you don't leave ranting and raving and, and, and being belligerent toward Jim. Just just have a little bit more compassion for us because we, we're overworked, underpaid, um, underfunded. So that's that's good advice. As a matter of fact, that's great advice, Kim, because a lot of times, even though we get our brand and our marketing done as if we're doing successfully well, but mm-hmm. the public don't know uh, what goes on in the back office behind the scenes and who's funding the um the business to keep it going to be able for you to be able to get your favorite dessert meal mm-hmm. or entree so i i'm glad you mentioned that mm-hmm. and i so appreciate that but i i just love the fact that we're having this conversation but we are gone this is the first um podcast series of many with miss kimberly l manning so stay tuned there's more episodes to come throughout this month and we're going to really get into a deep dive of what insurance policies we need to buy first for ourselves for our children you know even you know for our health you know a lot of people are becoming hospitalized during this pandemic and is your family ready to move on or be able to manage life with or without you so stay tuned for this podcast series of transformational thursdays with kimberly l manny the financial strategist and the author of an amazing book now she's moving into business credit and more you've been listening to courageous conversation 
with Teresa W. Gamble. Courageous Conversation is powered by Carcier Resource Professional Consultant. Will you like to be a guest and have your story, lesson, and best practice to be captured in an audio psychopedia? We are currently reviewing applications for future guests to join us, and we're especially interested in creating spaces for long-standing or multi-generational Black-owned businesses. For more information and to be considered, please email info at crpcnow.com to request an application. Be not weary in well-doing. You shall reap if you faint not. Galatians 6 and 9.